0: an illness can become an all-consuming experience. Hi, and welcome to I Am Not My Pain podcast. I am your host, Melissa, a chronic pain sufferer for over 20 years, and I know firsthand how pain can easily take over your life and isolate you from others. But the truth is, we are so much more than our pain and illness, and we are not alone. There are millions of fellow warriors on their own journey. Join me as we hear real stories of people living with pain and illness, their challenges, their victories, and the treatments they use to get through the day. I am not my pain and neither are you. Welcome back to I am not my pain podcast. Everyone has typically suffered from a bad cold or flu in their lifetime. You draw the shades, you hunker down in bed, and you manage your symptoms as best you can. You don't wanna move from your bed to shower or cook or do laundry or even work. Your body is so tired and achy, all you wanna do is stay in bed. I want you to imagine what it would be like to have that feeling every single day. That is the reality for many people living with chronic illness, from providing for their most basic needs to handling their relationships with their spouse, children, parents, friends, to being able to work. Living with a chronic illness and pain impacts every aspect of daily living. Every task becomes an uphill battle. Every task has to be modified to fit his or her symptoms, taking a huge toll on one's life and mental health. To understand the gravity that illness can have on one's life, I will be speaking with our guest today and warrior, Jen. Jen woke up one day feeling off and dizzy and it never went away. She was finally diagnosed with FND, Functional Neurological Disorder. If you have listened to some of my previous podcasts, we've actually met some fellow warriors with this condition, including Chris and Allie. FND presents vastly different in each person. Jen experiences migraines, dizziness, causing balance issues, excessive tiredness, memory, focus, and concentration issues, and depression. If her symptoms are severe, her vision is even affected. Once a tax consultant, she finds herself using a walker and modifying all her daily activities and hobbies. Hobbies such as gardening, rollerblading, baking, and camping ultimate goal is to live off the grid and be completely self-sufficient. Jen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Why don't you tell my listeners a little more of your story? And when was the onset of your symptoms?
1: Well this most recent one that I'm still dealing with started May 2nd last year, so mm-hmm. 2021. I had an episode a few years ago when I was living in Calgary as well and that brought me back home to Saskatchewan, but that passed and I was good for a few years, went back to work, went, thought life was normal, and then woke up last year and couldn't stand upright.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, you had really severe dizziness, obviously. Yeah. And so it began. When were you diagnosed with functional neurological disorder? In the fall of 2021. So okay. end of September. Um,
1: I finally had a diagnosis after seeing different specialists all summer
0: trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Yes. And I've actually, you know, interviewed a few people with this disorder and they kind of say it's like a, like basically you 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 rule out everything else and whatever's you know, left is yeah, it's that, that's that's it is There's and that no physical that, symptoms. Right. And that the symptoms vary so much. So what kind of symptoms do you experience right now?
1: My walking has been getting better. Um, I used to like, if you think of like those dudes with the flaily arms at the car dealerships that blow (laughs) up, that's kind of how I felt all the time
0: when I would stand
1: up and walk. And so I don't, I feel more sturdy, not like I'm going to fall over backwards as much, but I still look like I'm drunk when I walk unassisted so (laughs) yeah and if i stand up too far i start falling over backwards so i kind of hunch forward but it's getting better like i'm not hunching as much as i was last summer that's good so
0: and i know you experience you know migraines and you do get vision impairment with is it from the migraines or is it from something else more from the dizzy, like, sometimes,
1: yeah. like, after you spin in a chair really fast, everything just starts spinning in your vision, and then I know I have to go sit down for a bit. Migraines, I haven't really had as much this go-around, but the first time that I had it, it was a constant migraine for at least six months, no matter what kind of medication I was given or what, and they couldn't figure
0: out what was going on. Right. And then I know you have a few cognitive issues, you know, on top of that. I mean, I know some of that is cognitive, but like memory. and Yeah.
1: My brain is just not quite all there (laughs) most days. Like having a conversation, I can seem like I'm okay. But when it comes to using logic, my brain only gets like 80% of the way through the thought. And then somebody else who's not dealing with that will come by and go, What the heck were you thinking?
0: What were you doing? What's going on here? When we talked preliminary, I remember the story you told me about, you know, like dusting like the television. Yeah. <laughs> and that made me laugh because I was like, That is, you know, you said you dusted
1: part of it. and I got the top left- shelf, but missed all the bottom shelves.
0: Yeah. And your husband was like, Oh, okay. Like you just. Yeah sidetracked and you're like nope thought thought I dusted the whole thing <laughs> Yep, <laughs> thought it was dusted
1: it's thought not it was quite dusted. all there and it happens with everything like I'll forget that I'm cooking supper yeah and I'll get busy doing something else and then someone in the family my husband or the kids will go uh how's supper doing Jen oh
0: yeah right I'm I'm cooking <laughs> Like that thing, that the yes, well, luckily you have not burned anything down yet, so that's always a bonus. (laughs) I usually smell it before it would get to that point, but I know. So, why don't you explain, you know, some of how your daily everyday life has changed from having FND and kind of what are your daily struggles now?
1: Well, I have no energy, so like walking from my house to the backyard to go check on my garden takes everything I have and then I have to go sit down for a little bit and like build up the energy again I used to do a whole lot of things on my own and be really independent and just a couple of weeks ago I did my first
0: solo trip to Walmart
1: <laughs> in over a year exciting
0: which, I mean you know for people that are chronically sick we are excited for you because yeah we know what that's a, like that's a big it deal. was a big
1: thing I just went in to get a bag of dog food and like I use a walker now, so I hung the dog food over the walker, but oh, I was going about to out... ask you how
0: you lifted
1: <laughs> and carried the dog food because no, I could barely do it. I have a walker that I've named Glenn. So Glenn carried go it ahead. for me. Yeah. By the time I got back into the car after picking up the dog food and paying for it, took everything I had to go by myself to Walmart.
0: <laughs> yeah. I bet you were out for the rest of the day, if yeah.
1: not more. Yeah, and the next day too. Which is frustrating. Cause I want to be able to go do things and live life. But
0: Yeah, I think people forget, you know, that how difficult it is to not have that freedom anymore and that you do have to watch everything you do and you're limited on what you can do physically. And it's it's so annoying because especially if you've had it before and you were able to do everything you did before. And now you can't, it's like the most frustrating experience. And you're trying to, and you want to do it. That's the thing is we all want to be independent. We want to
1: do it. Last week, little man had track and field day at school. What am I going to do? Walk around a few steps, sit down on my walker and watch him. It's not like it was a whole lot of energy, but I only made it to lunchtime. And then my mother-in-law brought me home and I slept the whole afternoon Cause I was too tired to go back and watch his afternoon events. Yeah.
0: No, it's, it's two blocks. <laughs> well then like, I mean, just even everything's so impacted, like doing laundry, cleaning, yeah. cooking, uh, just the basic things that people honestly take for granted. I know I did before I got sick. I didn't There's realize so
1: much energy. I can use that energy to unload the dishwasher or be in my garden. But once that energy's gone, it's gone. And I got to rest and wait till the next little bit of energy. So it's a constant juggle with my husband of, okay, what chores is he going to do so I can get out and mow the front lawn before it rains? And so he'll do the dishwasher that day so that I can have the energy to go outside. But then if things get backed up and I go to try and cook supper, you have to unload the dishwasher to put all the dirty dishes in to make space to cook supper. That's too much. I have to have somebody do, that's three different jobs. I have to have somebody come and do at least one of them. So that kind of stuff is frustrating.
0: You know, and I mean, you, you've probably had to learn, like most of us, how to ask for help, which is not an easy thing to do. Very humbling. <laughs> Very. I mean, did you, it, you were just forced to do it and was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to start asking, or did it just kind of come with time and, or maybe because you did push too hard originally and then paid the price and then said, okay, I may need to ask somebody for some help. Yeah. Especially if you're very independent to begin with. I'm still with. stubborn about asking
1: for help. Like there's a few people, my husband, my best friend that can see when mm-hmm. I'm pushing myself to do something yeah. and just wanting to get it done instead of asking for help when I really should be asking for help. And they'll just come and take it away from me and tell me to go sit down. So I don't overdo it. Yeah. Cause if I overdo it, then I'm out for like two
0: days sleeping. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. And it is one of the hardest things I, I'm still terrible at it. I'm, I'm trying to be better. And you're right, the people closest to you can see it in your face. And then they're like, just go sit down, please stop doing that. But other people, it's so difficult to, and you don't want to say like, okay, I can't. Like with friends, I know with me, you know, a lot of friends are like, hey, do you want to go to this concert and do this and this? And I was like, uh, no, I, I can't. But you I, I do but that. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I would love to. But by the end of it, my head's going to be pounding. I'm going to be out for two days after and I can't risk that. But it is hard to sometimes it's worth it to be out the two days after, but (laughs) it depends on what it is. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it is. It's a balancing game of figuring out what's worth that price. Yeah, it's like, is it worth it? But even then, like if I was at the concert with them, I have a hard time asking for like, maybe they said, hey, do you want my chair? And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, and then I'm like, why didn't I just accept the chair? And that would help. In
1: May, I flew out to B.C. to go see my mom and do a family thing with all the girls in the family. And I flew out there by myself, which was an interesting challenge. (laughs) I bet. Booked the wheelchair service at the airport and got that. And I get really bad anxiety about flying, so adding the whole new aspect of not being able to be on my own and also just getting like left in the wheelchair and trying to figure out how to maneuver around in a wheelchair with my luggage in an airport and get back in time. And so I just kind of sat there and did my thing at the gates and whatever. but um, we had to take a little plane over to Vancouver Island, mm-hmm. and that plane got delayed by like an hour. And a lady actually came up and asked if I needed anything, and I'd been craving a bagel with plain cream cheese for like a week. And I finally was like, "Actually, if you wouldn't mind taking me to the Tim Hortons just over there, so I could get a bagel." And she's like, "Yeah, absolutely." So she wheeled me over, and I uh, felt okay about asking for help because she was the one that. Offered it and uh, initiated her. it, but otherwise I would have just sat there and
0: yeah, not had my bagel, <laughs> waited yeah. more days. Yeah, I mean that is, I'm uh, good for you for fine, you know, for speaking up because it's a hard thing. It was hard. You never <laughs> want to be an inconvenience, you know. It's like yeah. oh, I don't want to inconvenience anyone. The truth is, most people are generally kind and want to help, but we don't want to, you know, at least my personality, I don't want to take people up on it. And I'm just like, I got it. I got it. Before I got
1: sick, I was the one always offering the help to people. So to go from being the one offering the help or, yeah, I'll do that for you. I'll take care of that for you. I'll go run that errand for you
0: to now. Can you take me to go do this? It has to be a shift, yeah. And a shift in your friendships and relationships too, because you were the one always being like, I'll help you, I'll help you. And now you're like, I, I'm gonna need some of that now in return. Don't want to ask for it. I know, I know, but sometimes you don't have a choice, and that's kind of where you're at. It's like you're yeah. you have to ask. And that's just that is really, really hard. How have you kind of adapted some of the things you have to do around the house now? Like I'm still working on that
1: the next thing I'm going to try is like writing out the chores that I would like to do daily, but they might get done every second day and Mm -hmm. have like designated days for vacuuming and designated days for dusting and doing the different little things that need to always be done. But I either forget about them or get distracted doing something else or don't realize how many days have gone past. And since it's gotten done, I feel like if it's on the board, then when the family's around if they see it maybe like every once in a while because they try to help but I don't want them to do everything which is kind of how it is already so but if they see like if we have the kids I could get one of them to do the dishwasher instead of me and if they know that Thursday is the day that we dust then well maybe that could become their chore on that day and take that little piece of it away so that I can go do the
0: next thing that needs to be done. Yeah, that's smart. That's really smart. I think when you live with, you know, any kind of chronic illness or chronic condition, planning is, is your friend. But at the same time, obviously, you have to be flexible because you never know what your day is going to bring. But when you have other people and your family around you, they can at least see what your plan was and maybe help. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. And they're children, so they should learn how to do their chores. And and, absolutely, it's important. Anyway, I remember begrudgingly doing, you know, my chores, but I did them. And uh, now, as an adult, I'm very grateful I learned that. There's so many people that don't know how to do basic chores, and it's infuriating. (laughs) I know your initial bout with which you didn't know it was functional neurological Mm -hmm. disorder, right at the time. They They thought it was a problem
1: with my ears.
0: Well, that's what everybody would think with the dizziness and the vertigo. And you would think, oh, it's your inner ear. But obviously not. And you were living in... In Calgary. Yeah, in a much bigger city. Yeah. (laughs) So what was it like, you know, going around town dizzy and looking drunk? Did it, did people care? I mean, what's the difference now when you go out in a smaller city versus, you know, a bigger one? People didn't like pay attention in the bigger city
1: like just to put the sizes in perspective Calgary has over a million people which is the city I live in a town of 400 people in a province that only has a million people so there's more people in the entire city I was living in than the whole province of Saskatchewan where I'm living now so the number of people that you see on a daily basis Changes like I see the same people. I might not know their names or exactly what town they live in around here, but I know that they're from the area and they're familiar. And you pick up on all that stuff, but living in a big city, it's like, oh, it's just whatever random person. If I don't know you, I don't know you, and probably never see you again. So, um, in some ways, it was easier to go out because whatever people saw me. They didn't know who I was. They weren't going to see me again. Or if they did, them putting two and two together, seeing the same stranger once in a blue moon. They didn't ask you too
0: many questions, you know, because I know when people do know you and they see you out and they see you struggling, they have a tendency to want to know what's happening in a very well-intended manner yeah Um, but they do they they come up and I'm sure in in your town you know if you look really bad that day or you're in a wheelchair versus a walker or you know things switch all the time it's got to be weird when they you know come up and they want to know what's going on I mean you have to have kind of your staple answers I know I did when it came to just looking bad versus
1: it kind of like fell into with some of the close downs of COVID so both the kids play hockey, so we were at the rink all the time. And it's mm-hmm. the same parents with hockey and lacrosse and swimming and everything, right? And so I went from being super busy, walking around in business clothes all the time, working full time out in the country and and running around doing errands, helping out with the kids, to they didn't see me for a couple months and then. I'm not walking at all. And I was just kind of sitting there or hanging on to Scott and I'd be wobbly. And they were all, what the heck is going on? But yeah, is this mom drinking
0: or what? Is she, <laughs> is she come coming come drunk to all these functions, but yeah, I'm sure you got a lot of, you know, and very well-intended people might come up and ask, you know, what's, what's are you what's okay? On, what
1: yeah.
0: And you've had to, and that is such a hard thing because, Yes, we do want people to care about us, but it's another when, you know, complete strangers or people we rarely know have to come up and we have to give this, you know, I I would give a very brief response. You develop like three different answers.
1: So you have the one for
0: strangers where it's,
1: yeah, my brain like short circuited. And then you have the one for the people that like the other hockey parents at the rink. Yeah, something weird's going on my Brain and my nervous system isn't sending and receiving messages the right way and they don't know enough about the brain and the nervous system to really figure out what's going on but it's not anything physical and then the people that you're really close to get really in-depth stuff of what's really going on
0: and see
1: all the different symptoms that you have
0: well, I find too, most people, they really don't want to know like a long answer. Like they don't want the to details do like that. They, they don't want to, a, yeah, a lot of people don't the want the happening. follow up. They don't ask, especially with your, you know, disorder. It is so, I know it's not rare because it says that most, like that's the number one people that go to neurologists uh, get diagnosed yeah. with FND. But honestly, as someone that I've never experienced it, I've never heard of it before this show. And so I'm sure a lot of people haven't. And so it's more rare to them. And then, but even then, I bet they're like, oh,
1: okay. You know? It's like the most common unknown disorder.
0: Yes, I like that. The most common. <laughs> oh a
1: few weeks ago, I found out there's another girl that's in high school that lives 45 minutes away from me that has FND, but her symptoms are like, to look at the two of us side by side, you would have no idea we have the same condition.
0: Yeah, that's what's so crazy about this condition is you can have such vastly different uh, symptoms and issues, yeah. but it's still the same disorder. But I, I think that one of the biggest things I'm trying to get across to on this show is that just because you meet one person with this disorder or any chronic illness, you've met one person because yeah. we are so individualized. We We process things differently. Our pain is different. So it's like, you know, you can't group us because really everybody's so individual. And yes, you've met one person with FND. That means you've met one person with FND. And that doesn't mean that next person is going to have anywhere near, you know, the next person that you meet,
1: you won't know it's FND until they tell you because it's going to look that different.
0: Yeah, it's going to be that
1: different. Their experiences, their day to day life. Like some people can work full time jobs. I can't, I'm home on permanent disability because my brain doesn't function enough. My body, like for me to even get out of the house to drive to a spot, if I was doing like part-time anything, just getting ready to leave the house takes all my energy. And and
0: then you're done for the day. Yeah. You're like, that's (laughs) it. Um, I'm ready for work and now I'm going to go lay down Yeah, (laughs) or work. And I guess too, I mean, what? How has your medical care changed since you moved from, you know, cause you would think with a big city, you have more access to uh, well, doctors and especially. Yeah. And then living yeah. in a smaller, yeah,
1: it must be, you have to travel quite a bit probably to get. So our main city is Regina, which is about 45 minutes away. Um, and then we have a smaller city, Weyburn, which is 15 20 minutes away from us. Weyburn mm-hmm. has family doctors, general doctors in a hospital for, minor things and uh, everything else we have to go to Regina. So any of my specialist appointments, my family doctor is actually in Regina. One of the doctors, I don't remember who was trying to get me to go back to the vestibular clinic in Calgary, um, where I had some testing done because we don't have one of those in Saskatchewan. So to go get any kind of vestibular testing to make sure that that gets ruled out, I have to travel Mm -hmm. at least eight hours to go to a bigger city
0: (laughs) out of province. Wow, so, that's, that's crazy. And do you find now? I mean, I know medical care has to be different, but also, you know, the ability to get help. Like, do you get more help now that you're in a smaller town, or do you, did you get more help when you were in the bigger city? Like from people, just friends. family? I find that I get more help
1: in the smaller town. Even just mm-hmm. the random strangers are a lot more helpful. But that's just kind of how it is in small yeah. town, like everybody's willing to lend a hand and help out the neighbor and uh, do whatever. So
0: that's nice. That, yeah. that, that is a bonus. Yeah. So In there's the probably a have... you know, to everything. And, but I was just curious because I had another podcast guest that came on and she's lives out really far away from all her specialists and it's quite the feat for her to get to a doctor. That Thankfully is sure. with COVID, a
1: lot of doctors have started doing phone call appointments
0: um, or video
1: appointments so that's made a huge difference because for me to go to a specialist I have to either have my husband take a day off of work or Mm -hmm. his mom is retired and he works in the same town as her but that town's 45 minutes away again so I'd catch a ride with him in the morning to work go hang out at my mother-in-law's house for the morning or however long until um, my appointment she would drive me into the city and help take me to whatever specialist appointment. And then I go back and hang out in town till my husband's done work. And then we come home, which wow. makes for a really long day. <laughs> yeah. Very long day.
0: Good night. And that's got to be exhausting, exhausting. Yeah. By the end of it? At my mother-in-law's before and after my appointment, because that's all I can do. <laughs> I know what, I mean, what would you recommend to someone who maybe just is starting This journey uh, to adjust how to adjust their day to day life uh, around their chronic illness. You know, what are the tips that have helped you? What are gentle with yourself? Mm -hmm. It's a lot, and it's a big
1: change. And like, if you saw somebody else all of a sudden not able to do that, you would like give them so much space or whatever to process and figure. Yeah, yeah, and. But I find a lot of people are just really hard on themselves because I should even me like I should be able to do this, but I can't. Why can't I do this? And so just. Accepting that it's okay that you can't and it's okay to need help and it's going to be a long process, like when I had it my first time, I was off work for 10 months. They didn't figure out what was going on, but by then my symptoms had relieved enough that I could go back to work. So we just kind of forgot about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then this time around, it came back. It's been here for over a year and slightly getting better, but who knows? Because nobody has right, any answers. Right. It might, this might be the best it gets. It might get a little bit better. I might
0: be able to go back to work in the future. Yeah, it's who hard knows? because uncertainty is a hard a fact with chronic illness, cause you yeah. never know. And I mean, uncertainty in life. I mean, you never know what your life has in store. Nobody does, but for a chronic illness person, like you could be having a good day, but tomorrow's bad, or you could be having yeah. a good year. And then next year you take a turn and yeah. that fear and that uncertainty is always in the back of your mind when you're planning, Just when you're thinking to... of the future, cause you're trying to be realistic. And it's hard because, you know, people are like, well, be positive and think that you're going to be fine next year. And I'm like, this is maybe positive. Like I'm being realistic and so that I I can actually do what I can do. And I'll enjoy the days. I mean, you've got to really enjoy the time that you feel, you know, that you're doing. And even like that, Walmart trip should be celebrated. That's exciting. Celebrate the
1: small wins. Like when I figured out how to shower by myself again. That was huge! I was so excited. I went and told everybody I was showering by myself again because I and figured um, it out. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, that's like, "What world. do you? What do you mean? You're in your 30s and you can't shower by yourself? Who's been showering you this whole time? <laughs> you know? Did your mom not teach you how to shower? You're like, that is not what happened. <laughs> that is yeah. not what happened. And then, I mean, I know that, like I you said, day.
1: yes, like joke I, I put off using a walker for a long time because. I just, that's an old person thing, and I couldn't get my mind around it because I'm only in my 30s, and why do I need a walker? So I got one, like, that old metal two-wheeled walker. Oh, yeah.
0: We named her Myrtle or something. So, now she had tennis balls. That's what I want to know. You know, the tennis no. balls that you see. Well, <laughs> oh, then, see, you hadn't gone full on.
1: But every time we would go somewhere, it's, Kate. is Myrtle in the car? Because it was... Easier and more fun and lighthearted to call the walker Myrtle instead of saying, Is my walker in the car? And then I ended up getting a four wheeled walker. Like I said before, I've named him Glenn. <laughs> he does a lot of everything for me and we take him everywhere. And like the kids call him Glenn and their <laughs> friends know him as Glenn. And my extended family's like, Yeah, where's Glenn, Jen? Like, do you need him? Are you okay? Or so just trying mm-hmm. to have fun with the not so positive sides of it makes it a little bit easier to get through Find the little things to make you laugh so you don't sink too
0: far down in that hole and it's a battle it's a constant battle to keep i mean it's not something where you can just be positive you know or be not not depressed you know, it's going to be a, a, a yo yo effect or a roller coaster effect. Yeah. Like, you're going to have those days, then you're going to be fine, then you're going to go down. And I think it does depend on how many symptoms and how many things you're dealing with. And having symptoms, those
1: bad days where you're just down are okay too. Yeah. Like, that's how you process everything. And you have to have them, but you have to find a way to get out of them and, like, okay, I'll allow myself to be down today or this afternoon. And then I have to go back to whatever needs to be done
0: because life moves on whether you want it to or not. (laughs) Yes, it does. It it does. And it moves fast. It feels and slow all at the same time. And that's a chronic illness patient for you. I mean, it moves slow because your life is moving at a slow pace, but then you look up and it's been a year. And you're like, wait a minute, Wes, huh? It's not even well, this year. morning. I thought it would take me like 20 minutes to get ready, and it took me over an
1: hour. Like, I just, I still forget. Oh yeah, we're gonna go to town. We need to leave a half hour early because I'm with you guys, and we're just that much slower that we have to adapt. Sometimes I feel like I'm a toddler getting taken around because you have to adjust for that much more time just to allow me to be able to move at my pace.
0: Yes. Yeah, a lot of planning involved and it's frustrating
1: for the family, too, because then they're having to always slow things down. Like my husband's. I don't want to be mean, but sometimes it would just be easier if you stayed home when I go to Walmart. Yeah, that's fair. I can see that I'll stay home this time. I don't need to come with you to get a jug of milk, even though I just want to leave the house for a bit. Get out of the
0: house for just I'll go for
1: the drive, but not go into the store because. He can do it in a fraction of the time that it would take me.
0: It's a yeah. It's a balance, and it's balanced with your partner. I know as well because it has to be. Yeah. and there's going to be frustration, and then
1: and the they're communication to get frustrated
0: too because their whole life yeah. to turn upside down to adjust to your new reality. So mm-hmm. yes, and that's the truth. <laughs> it really does touch every relationship you have. It takes an adapting for everyone. Yeah, and it's. It's definitely a process, but you've kind of, it's interesting, you know, how you've worked like cooking and other things like that, you know, where you've adapted, where, you know, you know, if they get all the, I think I remember you saying this, they get all the ingredients and then you bake it. Yeah. Like I want to make
1: another batch of cookies tonight. So I'm waiting for somebody to be home to put all the ingredients on the table so I can sit down and mix it all up and scoop it all out and then do the couple steps to put it in the stove. Exactly.
0: So, I mean, There's things you can do and modalities like your walker and other things that you can do to help your day-to-day activities. It's not perfect, but you kind of have to find that, what works for you and and your illness. And well, thank you for doing this. This was amazing and you're great to come on and talk about it and adapting your daily activities and your daily life for what you can do is, is critical when you're chronically ill. You know, hopefully it'll, continue to get better for you hopefully and yeah one day i'll
1: figure out how to hike a mountain with the kids again you just have to find a different solution for all your problems
0: that's right (laughs) really creative very creative creativeness is is key (laughs) here so well thank you so much and thank you to all my listeners and i hope you tune in to next week's episode where we meet another amazing warrior and remember you are not alone And you are not your pain. Like the show? Please subscribe and leave a review. Or do you want to be a guest? Simply email notmypain at heroescircle.org. Again, that is notmypain at heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, circle.org. Your story matters, and we look forward to hearing from you.
1: Hi, this is Keith. I am a martial arts therapist at the Hero Circle, a global healing and wellness initiative inspired by the children of kids kicking
0: cancer. Would you like to discover the power of your breath while fueling the purpose of thousands of sick children across the globe? Simply check out our
1: free adult meditation catalog at herocircle.org forward slash meditations to learn more about our program and our inspirational little heroes visit our website at hero from all of us at the hero circle we wish you a wonderful day power
0: peace purpose